Hey, hi, you've tuned into Healthy-ish, your almost daily podcast from Body and Soul. I am your host, Felicity Harley, and today I am chatting with the inspirational and esteemed Dr. Nikki Stamp. She is a cardiothoracic surgeon, one of only 11 female heart surgeons in Australia. She's also an author, had a great book out recently called Pretty Unhealthy. She's a podcast host, and she's hosted health episodes for TV show Catalyst. I wanted to get her on Healthy-ish to share share her wisdom about navigating health advice on social media. Now, we keep our healthy-ish episodes quite short, but if you want to hear today's full interview where Dr. Nikki Stamp talks about health, how to be healthier, how to be healthy-ish, and how to be pretty healthy, search for Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your awesome pods like this one. Dr. Nikki Stam, thank you so much for coming on Healthy-ish. So I want to talk to you about health and social media, how to navigate it, not get sucked in or brainwashed as so easily can happen. You wrote a book about this. I mean, you're big on this. You wrote a book, you did a podcast, you talk about it on your Instagram. Why do we need to be on guard? I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that you can get some seriously dodgy information on social media. I think the thing, when, though, when it comes to our health is that that misinformation can have just absolutely tragic uh, consequences. So, you know, we all use uh, social media, um, well, we all, most of us do, let's be honest, um, <laughs> for various different things. But when I started to spend a bit more time on social media in the health space, the more I just found just outright nonsense and Sadly, stories of people who had suffered, you know, really dreadful uh, consequences. You know, we've all been, um, we're all very aware of, you know, Bell Gibson's story. Um, you know, it's not uncommon to see um, items in the news about people using remedies that they found online for uh, uh, skin conditions, um, you know, dangerous diets, disordered eating, you know, at the moment, anti-vaccination sentiment. Um, you know, there is a study that says that, you know, most of the misinformation around COVID-19 has come from 12 people predominantly. That's crazy, right? 12. Um, so, wow. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, so it's just, you know, so there's often a small group of people who perpetuate a lot of really bad information. I think the problem with social media is that it's accessible, it's free, um, so it makes it really easy for us to access. Um, but on the flip side, anyone, anyone can pretend to be an authority based on nothing at all, based on their own experience, based on, you know, something that they're selling, and all of a sudden you're consulting, you know, Fit Girl 23 instead of your GP or a dietitian um, for your health information. And, you know, I think, I think the thing is is that it's not going to change that most of us will access, do access, and will continue to access the internet, whether it be, you know, a Google search or social media for our health information. Um, but the accuracy is is really low. You know, some studies put it as low as 20% of what we read is legit. So we actually need to work out ways to try and mitigate some of that risk. For me, one of the most important things about doing this though is, is to protect women. So women, you know, have a lot of issues around their own health. Um, you know, they tend to be a bit more disenfranchised by healthcare systems, um, you know, by society and so on and so forth. So it's very natural for them to turn to something that they feel is accessible 
and relatable. Um, you know, we know that women are the biggest consumers and practitioners of alternative medicine. Um, so the allure there is really strong. And I do think that companies um, and individuals uh, really try and capitalize on that um, on that fact for women. So I think it's very important that we protect um, protect ourselves, protect each other from the, the dangers of medical misinformation on social media. So do you have a general rule of thumb when it comes to knowing who to trust? How do you spot an actual expert? I want to say it's hard, right? It's, it's actually, it's not easy because even so-called actual experts um, can do some dodgy stuff. <laughs> okay, that just um, sounds like it's going to be impossible. <laughs> I know. Well, I just I want to say like it's, it, I want to say that if you feel like you've been duped by someone, like don't don't be hard on yourself, right? That it's not it's not you, it's them. <laughs> Um, so, and I think we're pretty lucky in Australia that we have a lot of regulations around our healthcare practitioners, um, that that we don't sort of get away with things that I've certainly seen from other countries. Um, but I guess the the things to start up, start off with, you know, what are their actual qualifications, which as I say, can be tricky, but if someone claims to be a particular healthcare practitioner, a doctor, a nutritionist, a dietitian, a physiotherapist, et cetera, you can actually check their qualification. You know, it's very easy to Google that, or you can actually check their registration online. So with things like the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Agency, which is important because as a, as a registered medical practitioner, for example, I'm held accountable for what I say, which is absolutely the right way. Um, you need to keep in mind, though, that people with qualifications can play outside of their space. So a doctor without nutrition qualifications, for example, talking about nutrition might be something you might want to be like, mm, I might go somewhere else or a dietitian telling you um, what exercises to do. You might want to say, I'll just take that with a grain of salt. Um, a, an actual expert will declare any conflict of interest. They will tell you if they're making money um, off what they're saying. Um, they'll differentiate between anecdotes. So, you know, here's a cool story that I saw or happened to me and actual scientific evidence. And they'll be able to provide that evidence for what they, what they say. They'll often link their information or link to reputable sources. So, you know, at the moment, you know, COVID-19 linking to the WHO or Australian government, um, they will refer on when it's outside of their scope, when it's not their, their area of expertise. And they don't tend to say things that sound too good to be true. They'll be like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm in the messy middle here. That's, that's kind of, kind of where they belong as opposed to someone who's saying this will cure all of the things, you know, no healthcare practitioner will say that. I mean, we always really just have to be looking at social media, consuming it with, uh, I suppose, with a lens on just asking ourselves, okay, Mm. is this legit? Is this not, is this person actually the advice I want to follow? And I suppose, you know, the power is in your fingertips. You can unfollow people if you don't believe what they're actually preaching. And it's often you have to remind yourself about that. What is the most worrying piece of health advice you've ever come across on social media? Oh, I mean, this is actually really hard. There are so, so many. (laughs) I just thought you would know. Um, Tell me something ludicrous. Okay. So, I mean, like things like, you know, celery juice regenerates your liver, like any fad diet that claims to be special, you can make your body more alkaline. Vulva masks have been popular lately oh. because apparently we need to make our genital skin what, look and feel better. Are they like sheet better. masks for your vulva? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like oils to rub on your genitals. I'm like, oh my God, like we don't have enough issues <laughs> around this already. Um, and it's not particularly safe. Um, but I have to say the most offensive, I think the most inaccurate and really dangerous is anything that claims to cure cancer. So coffee enemas, special diets, magnets, um, you know, whatever. There have been so, there's so many of those. And I think they, these people are, you know, they're really naughty because they capitalize off people's fear. Um, and there's been, uh, you know, there's been a really big study that showed that people who use those kinds of things are at least twice as likely to die of those cancers. So I find, I find people sharing stuff like that to be, you know, that kind of information is to me the most egregious because I think it really puts people at risk and it takes advantage of people in, you know, what can be their most vulnerable time. Absolutely. Dr. Nikki Stamp, thank you so much for coming on Healthy-ish. Thank you for having me. If you liked this chat with Dr. Nikki Stamp, we have more. That's right. We've just launched a big sister podcast called Extra Healthy-ish, a new podcast from Body and Soul that gives you that little bit extra in your day, extra interviews, extra insights and extra healthy advice for your mind, body and soul. Extra Healthy-ish publishes a new episode for your wonderfully healthy ears every morning, Monday to Thursday. For more, head to bodyandsoul.com.au. And remember, you can join the conversation via Body and Soul on Instagram or Facebook. Thank you so much for listening to this chat with Dr. Nikki. And if you have a moment, jump on and rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And until tomorrow, at least stay healthy-ish. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? (laughs) Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly Virgin anymore. (laughs) Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. 